welcome to another exciting podcast from Living Faith Church. It's our hope and prayer that today's message will bring you closer and deeper to the heart of our Lord Jesus Christ. Now here is our lead pastor, Pastor Dean Hackett. Today we're going to talk about choosing to live wisely. That's our topic. Let's pray and let's try to discover ways of doing a little bit better than Amos and Theodore. What do you say? All right, let's pray. Father, teach us today. We open our heart to you as, as Pastor Dave has already prayed, Lord. We want to have ears to hear, eyes to see, and a heart to receive. And Lord, I am praying that you will empower me to teach your word. To speak your word, Father, by the power and anointing of the Holy Spirit. I yield to you in Jesus' mighty name. May I hear an amen? Amen. Amen. Well, while Amos and Theodore um, may not be the brightest bulb on the tree, we, uh, we can look in Scripture and see a man named Solomon. He was king of Israel. And it was very interesting because when he became king and he went to prayer, he didn't ask God for riches and for power and, and for, for becoming famous. He prayed and said, God, give me your wisdom. Give me wisdom so that I can lead your people with wisdom. And that was such a sincere and powerful prayer that Almighty God said to him, I am so blessed by your request that I'm not only going to give you wisdom, I'm going to give you those things you didn't ask for. And I'm going to give you riches, I'm going to give you fame, I'm going to give you power. And when when you study the scripture carefully, and I've got some of them, if you go to the next slide for me, please, uh, you'll notice that... In, in these passages in First Kings, the scripture tells us that Solomon became the wisest man on planet earth. And that he had expertise in, uh, uh, in every area of life. In mineralogy, in science, in biology. I mean, this man was amazingly wise as an architect. And in uh, his wisdom was so great that people were coming from all over the world to hear the wisdom of Solomon. Queen of Sheba came. She said, I, I keep hearing about this guy. I don't want to just hear it. I want to go see it for myself. And she came and spent several days with King Solomon. And when, before she left, she said, I have been amazed at your wisdom And everything that I've heard about you, it is ten times more than anything I've heard. You are so wise and so caring and so compassionate. Now, here's here's the interesting thing. In Revelation chapter 1, verse 6, John the apostle said, You have made us kings and priests to our God and to the Lord Jesus Christ. Now, what he's saying is, 
is we, we are to live in the kingdom of God, but you have said, Lord Jesus Christ, we are to sit with you in your throne as you sit with your Father in his throne. We are to rule and reign with you, Jesus. And so, dear ones, if God has made us kings and priests, what he is wanting us to pray for is not, God, God, give me a Cadillac. God, give me a $500,000 home. God, give me a huge bank account. God, would you, would you give me a salary where I'd make six, nine figures a year? That's not what God wants us to pray for. He wants us to pray for wisdom. God, make me wise. And then he will give us the other as well. But make me wise. And that's what James was talking about. Would you turn with me to the book of James, chapter 1? This is our study over the next several weeks, is the first chapter of the book of James. The book of James is in the New Testament. You're going to go past Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, the first four books of the New Testament. You're going to go past Romans, keep going towards the last book of the Bible. You'll go past the book of Thessalonians, Timothy, Hebrews, and right after Hebrews, you'll find the book of James. When you get there, holler amen for me. Okay, James chapter 1, beginning of verse 1. James, a servant of God. Now, some of the translations say bond servant of God. James, a servant of God and of the Lord Jesus Christ. To the twelve tribes scattered abroad, greeting. My brethren, count all joy when you fall into diverse temptation, knowing this, that the trying of your faith worketh patience. But let patience have her perfect work in you. I hear some people say, I'm not going to pray for patience. <laughs> and yet scripture doesn't speak of patience as something to not be sought after, but just the opposite. Let patience have her complete work in you, her perfect work in you. That ye may be perfect and entire wanting nothing. Look at that. In other words, when we let patience work in us, we become a better person. Amen? If any man lack wisdom, let him ask of God that giveth to all men liberally, and the King James says it in an interesting way, and upbraideth not. Now what in the world is that talking about? Well, let me tell you, it's not talking about your hair. Thank the Lord. Okay? Literally what he's saying is, is you can ask God and he will give it to you and not mock you, not make fun of you, not trick you. You can ask God for patience who gives it liberally. God wants to give you a liberal measure of wisdom in your life. Wow. Wow. Well, that being so, and if, if we're supposed to ask God for this wisdom, and God wants us to be wise, it might be a really good idea to ask an important question. What is wisdom? Amen? Now, let's stop a second. Got to do a little bit of review. Okay, we're, we're talking about in this series of messages, eight choices 
that will revolutionize your life. I wonder what would happen if I were to ask how many would like to have a better life than you have right now. I wonder how many hands would go up. What do you think? Think a few hands would go up? I'm already at people going, I'm, I'm, yeah, I'm there. I'm there, okay? Yeah, we, we want that, don't we? And so we're going to look at eight choices that we need to make. It will revolutionize our life. The first one we talked about was you win or lose by the way you choose. You win or lose by the way you choose. Now, this side of the room, I know you want to hear this. We'll let them listen in if they'd like to, okay? But one of the things that, that I have discovered, and I bet you have too, if you were to take life and take it down to its most basic elements, let's reduce life to its most basic elements. The two most basic elements that we would find about life is the decisions we make and the relationships we make. If we're making healthy decisions, good quality decisions, and we're, build, and we're building really healthy relationships, then bank accounts, how many toys we have, you know, uh, uh, all that stuff, the position, the power that we have, none of that matters if we're making healthy decisions and building healthy relationships. Because you know what? You can, have, you, you can have the wealth, you can be one of the world's billionaires, and you can, you can be the power figure and the CEO over all these corporations so that everybody, everybody's just waiting for you to make the demand and they jump. They never ask how high, they just jump. You can have all that stuff. You can have all the toys. But if you're making unwise decisions or, or you've got broken relationships in your family, you, you, you've gone through three or four wives and they just can't, and your life is miserable. Would you agree with that? Yes. <clears throat> okay, guys, your turn, because I know you want to hear this. But on the, on the other hand, if you're making really good choices... And you choose to not let drama, you choose to not let pain, you choose to not let disappointments, you choose to not let bitterness and resentment run your life, you choose to live joyful no matter what stuff's going on around you, you choose to live joyful, you got a good life. Amen? You got a good life. Where's, where's Miss Carly? Miss Carly, come on up here, dear. Miss Carly, is, is she, uh, she posted something on Facebook this week that absolutely filled my heart with just, I just, I, I had to giggle. I, it was just so good. It was so good. But now, let me see. Carly, senior in high school, right? 18, yep. getting ready to enter into a great big world out there. It's awesome, huh? I've watched God just do amazing things. How many remember she got baptized three weeks ago? Amen, yeah. But you posted something on Facebook. Was it Tuesday morning? I think so. Yeah, I think it was Tuesday morning. You posted something. Do you remember what you, what you wrote? I don't remember all that I wrote, but it was basically the thing from last Hold week. Hold one second. Can you hear her back there? Okay. Let me, let me get a mic for you. Okay. 
Thank you, Pastor. Here we go. Okay, Carly, what did what did you post? I don't remember everything I said, but it was from the sermon last week mm-hmm. where you told us to do to choose joy over pain. Yes. So. I chose that because I have so many bad things happen in my life. I decided to just let those go and choose the joy and not let the pain get to my heart. Amen. Amen. Did you hear that? Is that awesome? Let me give you a hug. I love you, Carly. God bless you. That is so good. Wow. Did choose joy over pain. Okay, so here's a question. How many of you wrote your thankful list this week? Come on, hands up. How many wrote your thankful list? Thank you, brother. Okay, there's a handful of you. Handful of you. Okay, was it good? Yes. Did, did that help you this week? To choose to be thankful over no matter what's going on? Okay, you get, you know, how many times do we get in that spot where we're, we're going, oh, oh man, I knew it wouldn't work. Oh, nothing ever works out for me. You know Murphy's Law. And remember we talked about, let's stop living by Murphy's Law. Let's start living by the law of the spirit of life in Christ Jesus. Amen? Come on. And one of the ways to do that is make your thankful list. All the things, the good things that have happened in your life that you should be thankful for. All the people that have touched your life in a positive way and made your life different. That's deposited in you. You go, well, there ain't nobody. Somebody taught you how to walk. Somebody taught you how to talk. Come on. We could get really basic here, right? Okay. You didn't just suddenly appear on planet earth. Somebody went through the pain of getting you here. No, sissy, it wasn't the stork. Come on. Choose to be thankful. Amen. Amen. We, see, we're making choices because we win or lose by the way we choose. And we're going to choose joy over pain. And we're going to choose thankfulness over being grumpy and being resentful and bitter. We're going to make those choices because making healthy decisions And building really healthy relationships makes a really good life. A really good life. Amen. We gotta stop one more minute. Okay, everybody just we just we just went to commercial. You ready? Come up here, Rainy. Come up here, Rainy. Okay. Talk really, really loud so this mic will pick you up. You came here today in great pain. Yeah. You were really hurting. Yeah. In both your arms. My elbows. You had been awake all night. Mm-hmm. Because you got some sort of a of a thing that they told you uh, that you've inherited regarding your elbows, right? But while we were here in pre-service prayer, just praying, what happened? The pain stopped. It's been all night and all morning, and I was kind of restless because of it. And it was just from my elbows on up. And all we were doing as a worship team was just praying and praying for the congregation, the community. And it was gone. My pain, it was gone. Wow. God just <laughs> healed you. Woo-hoo! That is awesome. (laughs) Oh, man. Guys, there's so many good things that Father has for us. But wisdom is a key part of that. Choosing to live wisely. 
is a significant part of that. Now, the first thing you have to know is there, there are two kinds of wisdom in the world. You are still in the book of James? Go to chapter 3. We're going to read verses 14 to 18. James chapter 3, 14 to 18. Who is wise and understanding among you? Let him show by good conduct that his works are done in the meekness of wisdom. But if you have bitter envying and self-seeking in your heart, do not boast and lie against the truth. This wisdom does not descend from above, but is earthly, sensual, demonic. For where envying and self-seeking exist, confusion and every evil thing are there. But the wisdom that is from above is first pure, then peaceable, gentle, willing to yield, full of mercy and good fruit, without partiality, without hypocrisy. Now the fruit of righteousness is sown in peace by those who make peace. Two sources of wisdom. The first is earthly wisdom. And this is what many people will call, well, you know, they're streetwise. Or they're businesswise. Or they're politically wise. I remember back in the 80s, uh, we, we had founded a coalition of 5,000 families to get a homeschooling law passed in the state of Washington. Michael Ferris and his family and our family were the first two homeschooling families in Thurston County. It, it was illegal what we were doing, but the state attorney general had told the, the governor and stuff, I will not prosecute these people. These are not criminals. you got to help them. And so we, we began working. It took four years. But one of the things I kept hearing over and over again was, now, 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 now Reverend, you're not going to get this passed if you're not willing to compromise a little here because we got to have some log rolling here. And, and, and they'd tell me what it was to be politically wise. And what politically wise was, was I would have to compromise on some uncomparable, or some, some, some things that just were not, I, I couldn't compromise. You understand what I'm saying? They were, they, they, were, they were points, they were core values that we would not compromise on. And they kept saying, you'll never get this passed. Well, in four years we did. The first homeschooling law in the Pacific Northwest. That took years, but we, but we did it. But politically wise... That's what we're facing right now in Washington, D.C. We got people who are so politically wise, the nation's going to hell in a handbasket, but boy, we're doing it wisely. There are people who are woman wise and men wise, but they're also destroying their life. You see, th this is what Scripture is trying to tell us. Yes, there is an earthly wisdom. There is a natural wisdom. But it is, it is what? Earthy, sensuous, demonic. Oh, could that be what he was talking about when he said, there's going to come a time in the church when they will not receive sound teaching, true wisdom, but they will give heed to seducing spirits and doctrines of demons. Hmm. Might be a really good idea. Oh, and did you notice it says that this kind of wisdom is confusing? 
So if you're going, I don't know, I'm just confused here. Maybe because you're listening to the wrong wisdom. Come on, amen? But there's another kind of wisdom. There is a wisdom that is from above. It's, it's heavenly wisdom. It's wisdom that comes from God itself. It's the wisdom that Pastor Dave was reading to you this morning out of Proverbs chapter 8 verses 1 to 10. The wisdom that comes from above. Would you please go with me to the book of Proverbs? It's in the Old Testament. If you, kind of the center of your Bible is probably about the book of Psalms. And if you go to the right, you'll find the book of Proverbs comes right after the book of Psalms. If you're in one or two Samuel or one or two Chronicles, you got to go to the right. If you're in Nehemiah, you got to go to the right. Okay? The book of Proverbs, chapter 1, the very first book. Two kinds of wisdom. There's the earthly wisdom, and then there is the godly wisdom. Wisdom that comes from above. This wisdom that comes from above, it's more than just being sagacious. Okay, sagacity in large is usually a wisdom that has come from human education human experience, just dealing with life, and maybe having really studied a lot or done a lot of reading. Someone that's just done a lot of reading. And so people go, boy, that person, man, you know, he's really wise. He's got a lot of sagacity. Well, there's another kind of wisdom. Listen, would you please, at beginning... At verse 1 in the book of Proverbs, chapter 1. And I've been talking to you, and I forgot to get there myself. So if you'll give me just a real quick minute, I will get there also. We'll join you there. So now I can say amen. Okay, we're there. The Proverbs of Solomon, the son of David, king of Israel... To know wisdom and instruction, to perceive the words of understanding, to receive the instruction of wisdom, justice, judgment, and equity, to give prudence to the simple, to the young man, knowledge and discretion. This kind of wisdom is more than just being sagacious, it is having prudence prudence but it's also having discretion listen to what he goes on to say a wise man will hear and increase learning a man of understanding will attain wise counsel to understand a proverb and an enigma the words of the wise and their riddles the fear of the Lord is the beginning of knowledge but fools despise wisdom and instruction. Every, every 13, 14, 15, 16 year old is right there. Amen. I was there, you were there. Sis, you were there. Sir, you were there. I know when, when, when my boy turned about 12, 13, I became the dumbest cluck on planet earth. 
And I remember, I remember I, sitting around the table one day, and, and we're, we're talking. We, we, we used our dinner time as, as table talk time. We, I wanted to hear the kids, let them talk and stuff. And I remember he would go, oh. And I remember I looking at one to go, now we home educate. And I know that we taught him American English. <laughs> what does huh, mean? I don't get that. Huh. You know, what is that? What is that? It's kind of like today. You know, they're, they're worse. And what is really troubling to me is they change the meaning of words without telling. <laughs> I didn't know that a trunk was not talking about the backside of a car. <laughs> Thongs used to be something you wore on your feet. I'll never forget when I got in trouble with that one one Sunday morning. You know, they do this stuff and they don't tell you. Come on, if you're going to change the dictionary, at least let us know ahead of time. But folks, listen, we don't come into this world having wisdom. It is acquired And it is acquired in the heart that chooses to live wisely. It is a choice. That is why you have men and women who go, I don't know why, I just always end up here. I just always end up here. I can tell you why. Change your choices. Remember the decisions you make, the relationships you build? You're still stuck there because of the relationships you have and be the decisions you're making. If you want to change your life, if you want to revolutionize your life, you've got to change your choices. You have to choose to live joyfully, choose to live thankfully, and choose to live by the wisdom from above. Can I hear an amen? Amen. amen. Go ahead. Give God praise. Wisdom is made of prudence, discretion, and fear of the Lord. Now, we're going we're gonna to look at the fear of the Lord next week because it's such a critical component. But prudence, what in the world is prudence? And I don't know about you, but I've watched, I've watched prudence kind of take a hit here in the last few years. And it's like, well, you know, you don't want to be a prude. Really? So when did prudence become something that is negative? How many would like to know what prudence is? Thank you for asking. (laughs) I wasn't going to give you a chance to not lift up your hand. Okay, here we go. Prudence. I'm going to give you first a dictionary definition. Then we're going to look at a biblical definition. Here's prudence. Careful, good judgment, That enables someone to avoid danger and high risk. Think you might like to be prude? Hmm. Ability to govern and discipline one's self. Well, maybe I'm taking a second guess here. No, no, no. You might want to rethink this. 
you might want to rethink this. You might want to get a little bit better of a governorship upon yourself. Amen? Come on, come on. Okay, and what that means is you're making better choices because you win or lose by the way you choose. Skill and good judgment in the use of resources. To be circumspect. That is to have forethought to see beyond the moment. And this is where we usually get ourselves in deep doo-doo. <laughs> oh, that looks like fun. Oh, let's do that. And then you didn't look. What's the consequence of doing that? Really? Really? Do you remember the last time you went to a kager? Really? Do you remember? You remember how it turned out like? Do you remember the last time you went out with those guys and what ended up? Remember the last time you went out with those girls and you went bar hopping with them? You remember where it ended up? Remember the last time when you made that decision? Do you remember the last time you chose a guy like that? Come on, folks, we, we've got to stop. And we must learn that prudence is the ability to see beyond the immediate and to see the true consequences and where that would lead you and go, you know, that's a stupid road. I'm going to take this one because this is the one that wisdom from above says, go here. I'm going to go there. You go, well, but that's not as much fun. Remember where fun led you last time? You really want to go there again? Come on, we win or lose by the way we choose. And by choosing to develop better control over my emotions, over my thought life, over my behavior. Choosing to let the stuff go that has been ruining me for the last 10 years. Choosing to let that bitterness go. Choosing to not live by fear. Choosing to not live by worry. Choosing to no longer make decisions that come out of fear and worry and anxiety. I am going to be a person of wisdom because I'm going to learn prudence. That's my life. That's my life. Really? Wow. Uh, Let's look at how Proverbs says it. Do you happen to still be in the book of Proverbs? Go from chapter 1 to chapter 8. I want to read just a little bit of what Pastor Dave read to you a few moments ago yet again. He was introducing today to you. And we're going to read beginning at verse 5. Proverbs chapter 8, beginning at verse 5. And this is talking about prudence. About prudence. Oh, you simple ones, understand prudence. And you fools, be an understanding heart. There's one thing between being a simple fool and being a committed fool. In Hebrew, the word for committed fool is Nabal. You may remember that word because there was a man in Scripture that was was his name. David confronted him, King David. And I've often thought, what kind of a parent names their son Nabal? They must have seen what he was like. He had a heart. A committed fool is someone who will not learn no matter how much you try and tell them. They already know everything. If you don't believe it, just ask them. I know that. 
I know about that. They get on a job and, and the supervisor's trying to instruct them. Oh, I know all about this. I, I know. And they won't listen. They won't listen. They won't listen. You know? Now, see, now that's what, that's what a 12, 13-year-old is like. But you know what? When you're 43 and you're still living like that, it's going to take a two-by-four on the side of the head to get you to really pay attention. Because you've become a committed fool. A simple fool is someone who just doesn't know. They haven't been taught yet. And that's, remember what we read a few moments ago? That's what the book of Proverbs is all about. The whole reason God gave us the book of Proverbs is because you start in this life as a simple fool. You haven't been taught yet. But you have the book of Proverbs. Don't stay there. And that's what prudence is all about. Prudence is all about, I refuse to stay a simple fool. And I sure don't want to be a committed fool. Amen. Come on. Amen. Verse 6. Listen, for I will speak of excellent things. And from the opening of my lips will come right things. For my mouth will speak truth. Wickedness is an abomination to my lips. All the words of my mouth are with righteousness, nothing crooked or perverse in them. They are all plain to him who understands and right to those who find knowledge. Turn to your neighbor and say, prudence. Say prudence. Discretion. Discretion. Okay, that's prudence, but what is discretion? Okay. Discretion is similar, but not exactly the same. Because discretion is behaving and speaking in a manner that will avoid offense or reveal confidential information. They have discretion. You ever seen somebody just didn't have discretion and you're sitting there going, Really? You're talking about this? It's somebody who has diarrhea of the mouth. (laughs) They just don't know when to shut up. The book of Proverbs says, shut your mouth because even a fool will thought to be wise when they keep their mouth shut. But also says, open your mouth and let everybody know you're a fool. Don't do that. Don't do that. Learn when to speak. Learn when it's wise. Learn when it's wise to just shut up and listen. It's amazing how much you will learn by just listening. Every one of the men that I've known to be true men of wisdom and men that I have admired and men that I have tried to get as much time with as I can have been men who were really good listeners. I got to play golf with the son of one of those men on Friday. Uh, this, this man's son was, on, was one of my associate pastors for 10 years. His father was one of the wisest men I've ever known. And he not only had earthly wisdom, he had true wisdom from above. Richard was an incredible man of wisdom. And I, and I loved getting time with him. And his very best friend named Bill Neely, he was a genius. He was an inventor. He had several patents in America. This man was, was just brilliant. He was in his 80s. And the guy, 
His mind was just as sharp as when he was 40. It's just a great guy, but a man of great wisdom. And I loved hanging with those guys and learning from them. Learning from them. But if I was going to learn from them, I had to shut up and listen, right? Amen. And then, I, and, and as I listened to them, I began to see a depth and a richness that I wanted in my life. And I still want in my life. And there are men here in Hermiston that I hang with and I want to hear from them. I want to learn from them because they, they have such wisdom. Dear ones, God wants us to learn discretion because discretion gives us the ability to close our mouth and hear wisdom. Because when you're running this, you can't hear here. Have you ever found yourself... When someone's talking to you and you are already in your mind getting ready to answer them and you're forming your words, this is what you're going to say. And then you said it and then you discovered you missed what they had said. I got 10 honest people in this room. They're going, the rest of you are just looking at me. (laughs) Because we've all done that, haven't we? And, and we've especially done that as parents sometimes. And then we gave spankings that we had to take back. That's really an uncomfortable thing. When you have to get down on your knee to look that eight-year-old eyeball to eyeball and go, Dad was wrong. Please forgive me. I didn't hear the whole story. Come on. Discretion is what gives you the ability to shut your mouth and hear the whole story. But sometimes it's not that we just need to shut our mouth. Sometimes we need to shut our brain. Stop talking, brain. Come on, you understand what I'm saying? I don't mean shut your brain and don't hear and receive. I mean shut your brain from talking. Stop talking, brain, so I can hear what they're saying. Come on. Discretion. Discretion is also the ability to be able to discern what is appropriate and what is inappropriate. What is appropriate and what is inappropriate. The ability to discern. And one of the things that is greatly missing in American culture is we apparently no longer have a clue of what is discretionary and what is not. Not only discretionary spending, I mean, how does a nation get $60 trillion in debt? I mean, how do you fathom that number? And I've heard some say, that's low, it's closer to 90. And I just go, oh, don't even go there. I don't even want to think that. Because, I mean, that means, that means our great, 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 great grandkids will still be paying our debt. You know, it's it's just, but... In our own life, how do you, what is discretionary about the way I dress? What is discretionary about the movies I watch? What is discretionary about the the things we say and we talk? And I got to tell you, there there are times you need to unfriend some of the people on your Facebook. 
You need to use good discretion, but we've lost that ability. But true wisdom gives us the ability of prudence and the ability of discretion. Because, dear ones, when we're making choices out of prudence and discretion, we will make choices that will give us a life beyond anything we dream we could really live. It is amazing when you begin living by that kind of wisdom. Look at what I'm saying. In the book of James, it said, wisdom from above is meek. Meekness is power under control. I don't have to control you and manipulate you. Ladies, you are masters at getting your own way. At just the right time. (laughs) That is controlling. And it is so weird. You can get a 280 pound man. To strap on this little measy peasly things they call pads. And he will run out onto a hundred yard field and let four 300 pound men hit him all at once. Boom! And get up and go, thanks mom. You know, but he will not stand before a woman. He'll melt because he doesn't want to deal with the consequences. Sir, that woman will go through eight hours of childbirth screaming, I'll kill him next time, I'll kill him next time, I'll kill him next time. And then get done, and they will hand her the baby and go, let's have another. But she will melt in the face of your anger And you're cutting words because you're controlling by your temper and your anger. And your whole family walks on eggs because when you start slamming doors and stuff, they know. Get out of the way and get as far away as you can. Meekness. Wisdom has meekness. It's power and control. You don't have, if you have to tell people, I'm the man of this house, you're no longer the man of the house. You're just wearing the pants that zip up front. (laughs) You're not the man. Because real men don't have to use that. Because real men walk in meekness because they have wisdom. It's pure. It will not defile itself with immorality. Not pornography, not movies, not language. Those kind of words will not come out of your mouth. You will not talk potty language because you want your children to grow up better than that. Wisdom is meek, it's pure, and look, it has all the fruit of righteousness. When you look at what meekness is all about, peaceable, yielding, full of mercy, good fruit, without partiality, without hypocrisy... You are the same 
One of the things that I did regularly, Juan and I were talking about this just the other day, I did regularly when, when our kids were growing up, about every year, year and a half, I would, I, around the table, I would look at them and I would go, tell me, where is dad different on Sunday than he is at home? Because they could see my blind spots. And if there wasn't authenticity, how would they think God is real and Christianity is real? And I would send her a letter and I would ask her to judge me in certain areas. And I would do it by letter because I was afraid if she told me to my face, I might not be very Christian. And I didn't want to take the chance of ruining it because I wanted to hear but I'm also human enough that sometimes when people point out my blind spots, it really irritates me. And I'm not the only one in the room. But I grew that way because I wanted wanted my wisdom to reduce my hypocrisy to as little as possible. I'm not perfect. You're not going to get perfect. But we can live by wisdom because we can choose to live by wisdom. Would you stand with me, please? We are so blessed to join us online today. For more resources on how you can grow your relationship with Jesus Christ, visit us online at www.winacity.com. If you would like to speak with someone about your relationship with Jesus Christ or would like prayer, you can contact us at 541-567-4486 or email us at info at winacity.com.